0: All right, everybody, take your seats if you are in here. Um, so, so grateful uh, that you guys would be with uh, me this morning as we get to dive into a subject that is a bit of my hobby horse, um, and it is something that I'm really passionate and excited about. Um, so uh, grateful to be here. My name is Andrew Woods. Uh, I'm the associate pastor at Grace Covenant Church in Weatherford, Texas, and um, pretty shortly I will be on my way to Santa Cruz, California, to to plant a church back in California, and um, kind of my my people's area. Um, so hold your booze uh, about California till later. Um, but what I want to do this morning, before we jump into our fill in the blanks, is uh, I'm going to ask you guys to raise your hand. If coming to the conference, hi, uh, you guys listen to the radio on the way. Raise your hand if you listen to the radio on the way. Okay? keep. Well, keep your hands up if you listen to the radio on the way. Okay. Did you listen to uh, Spotify or Pandora or one of those apps on the way? Raise your hand. Okay? Or Apple Music or some sort of musical thing on the way. Okay, so I'm seeing a lot of hands. Some of them went back down. You can put your hands down. Now, anyone brave enough to tell me the song you listened to on the way here? (laughs) Oh, well done. Okay, that's a good one. I love you guys. That's awesome. Who are you people? You must be biblical counselors, right? Track three. Can I confess what I listened to on the way? Oh, now you guys are going to see how unholy I am. Footloose came up on the radio. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, kick off your Sunday shoes. I'm rocking out as I'm on my way here. And I go, oh, how appropriate when I'm going to talk about singing as renewing the mind. And I'm going to th- be thinking about Kevin Bacon dancing, right? Um, whoa, we don't do that here. We don't want to talk about that. Okay, so that was just kind of to to get us to calm down a little bit. Maybe get me to calm down a little bit. But the reality is singing is powerful. Music is very Very powerful, especially on our minds, because the reality is I can listen, you know, to footloose while I'm counseling somebody. I don't do that typically, but if I'm counseling somebody like I was this last week, um, they had to meet me outside of church hours. So we were at an ice cream shop late at night. We were doing premarital counseling and there was music on in the background and all of us were getting distracted because these were songs that we had heard in the past. But what did they do? They transported us right back to where we were when those songs were happening. So what is that doing? It's renewing our mind, right? We're filling our minds with all these lyrics, with the situations that we were in. So we have to be careful to be both proactive and reactive in renewing our minds. Because if we don't, then, you know, I'm kicking off my Sunday shoes and I'm dancing in the middle of a, a biblical counseling conference, right? Because I was listening to Footloose on the way here, right? Or I'm allowing my mind to be distracted in those types of things. So to make sure I don't do that, and not this super holy crowd, which I'm pumped about, but, but we are, as a group, this morning, we're going to sing. You didn't expect that to happen. Okay, go to the back of your notes. You're going to see I have added two hymns into your notes, Okay, And the first one's going to be Immortal, Invisible. So we're going to start off with just really having a high view of God uh, in this place. And um, as somebody in the front row has said before, I sing the girl part. So she's not sitting right over here. She's not a member of my church. She's not one of my dearest friends in all the world. That's not her, Christy Oxner. It's not her. Um, But... Uh, I'm going to do my best to lead us out, and so Mike man, I'm sorry, uh, you didn't expect me to start singing, but here we go. Okay. <clears throat> Immortal, invisible, God only wise, in light, inaccessible, hid from our eyes. Most blessed, most glorious, the ancient of days. Almighty, victorious, thy great name we praise. Unresting, unhasting, and silent as light. Nor wanting, nor wasting, Thou rulest in might. Thy justice like mountains high soaring above. Thy clouds which are fountains of goodness and love. Fourth, great Father of glory, pure Father of light. Thine angels adore thee, all veiling their sight, all praise we would render, O help us to see. Tis only the splendor of light hideth thee. Amen. All right, well, now our minds are being renewed. And good music. So let's jump into our teaching then this morning. So as we look as singing as renewing the mind, I'm going to go over a basic kind of you, you guys know this, you guys are the A team, you're the SWAT team of biblical counselors, you're track three. So I'm going to go over things that you guys already know uh, just as you know, just as a reminder. So Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. Do I have a victim, I mean a volunteer, that will read that for us this morning? Anybody? Well, hey there, bud. Glad you're here. Yeah. All right. Uh, anybody? Ephesians 4? Go ahead, please. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, mm-hmm. greedy, to practice every kind of impurity. But this is not the way you learn Christ, mm-hmm. assuming that you have heard about Him and were taught in Him as the truth is in Jesus to put off your own self which belongs to your former manner of life and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Thank you so much. Amen. Yes. So guys, we could spend a whole session just unpacking this, which I won't do, okay? But we're going to talk about a few things that we're going to see from Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. So first we realize, um, you know, Ephesians 4, 22 through 24 is like the biblical counseling verse, right? It's the put off, be renewed, put on. We've all heard that. We've all studied that in the past. But what I think is so interesting, right, is that we don't go back up into the context and we realize that. He's talking about the futility of the mind, right? He's talking about um, these unbelievers, these Gentiles, who have this um, darkened way of thinking. So these verses begin with a warning of don't allow your mind to be futile. Don't allow your mind to be to be thinking on the things that the Gentiles do. And then he moves verses twenty through twenty-four into reminding the hearers, "This is not the way you learned Christ, right?" He wants them to remember. Paul is telling these um, Ephesians that he loves so much. Remember, this is not the way you learned Christ. And then what we see is this contrast of renewing the mind and the feudal mind focused on sin. And the renewed mind focused on being renewed by Christ, okay? So just just really quick, jumping through uh, these verses. Um, It's also going to tell us, you see your notes are different than my PowerPoint. I did that on purpose. Um, I did. (laughs) We're laughing about it, but I did because we would have had PowerPoint for days. So um, also in Ephesians 4, we are told, right, he reminds the hearers, this is how you learned Christ, to put off the old man, be renewed in the mind, and then put on the new man. And this difference that he contrasts between the feudal mind and the renewed mind is feudal thinking versus holy thinking. So he wants them to see the differences between these two. And then we go, all of these are going to be by the same author, by the way. It's all Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit. But then we go to Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, something that I'm sure you guys are very familiar with as well. So I'll read this one. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So we see that Paul is going to tell us, present your body as a living sacrifice. He calls this our spiritual worship. Okay, This is a, a, a whole embodied worship towards the Lord. The second thing he's going to tell us is to be transformed by the renewal of your mind and we're going to really jump into this today so don't worry as I'm kind of flying through this but the the reason for being transformed by the renewal of your mind is so that you may discern the will of God okay that's important and then number 3 he contrasts between the conforming and the transforming right so transforming is so that you would know the will of God and conforming is when you conform yourself to the will of the world So, two different things that can be happening with your mind. Now, this is one of my favorites. Colossians 3, 1 through 4. I don't know if you guys use this in biblical counseling, but any time I talk about the renewal of the mind, I camp here for at least a couple of sessions trying to unpack it with my counselee. So, I'll read it again. Sorry I'm stealing everyone's thunder. I just want to make sure we can get through this in time. If then you have been raised with Christ... Praise be to God, right? Okay, so when we're looking at Colossians 3, verses 1 through 4, we're going to see that he's going to focus on these ideas. If you've been raised, right? Now, we're not talking about levitation here. We're talking about being born again. If you've been born again, um, you're going to seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. I can't tell you how important this is to stress the people and renewing the mind. Stop thinking on the earthly things. Start thinking on the heavenly things. The Puritans are your friends here, okay? You can go, you can be so helped at, with their 47 application points to one verse, okay? I'm not a Puritan. I won't pretend to be, um, but they're so good, okay? So seeking the things that are above. Also setting your minds on the things that are above. Here's that idea of setting your minds on the things that are above again. Number two, he helps us see that we have been hidden with Christ and God. So this idea of our union with Christ, right? How beautiful that is. How we're forgiven of our sins, right? We can go right into justification here. We can, we can help our counselors see that they're forgiven of their sin. And then we give them the hope that when Christ comes, we will be with him in glory. Okay. Now, the compare and contrast thing again, I wanted to show you guys. He is saying, I want you to seek and set your mind on heavenly things, not on the earth or earthly things. Okay, here comes your fill-in-the-blanks. You thought you were free from them? Ha, 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 I've got some fill-in-the-blanks to keep you awake. So what are our takeaways when we're trying to think of renewing our mind? Here are your takeaways, okay? Okay. Number one, our minds are to be renewed in the word of God. If we're going to discern the will of God, we must know the word of God, right? Super important um, for us as counselors and for our counselees, okay? Number two, our minds are renewed as we remember Christ, okay? That's huge. It's huge to help yourself and others remember Christ. That's um so weighty a thing, and we shouldn 't be flippant about it. This is glorious, right, as we sang immortal invisible god only wise this this is glorious um, as as we think of Christ, okay, number three, our minds are renewed as we present ourselves as living sacrifices here's here 's your fill in obedient to the word of God in hopes of holiness, okay. So part of this renewal process is not that you would just know things in your head, um, it's that you would actually be transformed so that you would be able to discern the will of God and not be focused on the earthly things. And we do that by being obedient to God's word. Now, we don't want to beat our counselees over the head with obedience, right? We want to remind them of Christ and the gospel, okay? So just this last week, I had the opportunity to meet with a dear couple who I love so much. And as a counselee, you get to, I'm getting on a rabbit trail here, but you get to see where your people are at. And sometimes it's not the day to hammer home the law. Sometimes it's the day to remind them of Christ and remind them of the gospel and how much they are forgiven. Okay, I'm I'm done with that rabbit trail. Uh, But obedience is important, right? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. Okay. Our minds are renewed as we think about or meditate. Have you guys had Doctor Yule yet? Have you have you has he taught on meditation yet? You are in for a treat, right? I I was here last year when Doctor Yule spoke on meditation. I was just like, keep keep coming, please keep telling me more. Uh, It was delightful. But this is that kind of idea. Our minds are renewed as we think about heavenly realities as we. Ponder as we say law, right, as we stop, consider, meditate, okay, we think about these heavenly realities like christ's reigning and mediating on our behalf. Oh, what glorious things, okay, I'm not starting over with points, but it's just your next fill- in, okay Our minds are renewed as we look. To his return and those implications. So this is that idea of hoping, right? Our our minds are renewed as we look to the future and as we hope on those things. So much of you know our faith is hoping for the future and what Christ will bring when He returns, right? So we 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 look forward to these implications. Okay, this is I know this is all um, just kind of reminder for you guys, but these are such good things to be reminded of, and then our minds are renewed. Here's the kind of dumb moment as we think less about the earthly things and more about the heavenly things. So my my sisters over here on this side who drove here listening to hymns and beautiful songs of Christ. It's much easier for you to not think about the heavenly things. Whereas I right was listening to something that really could lead me into uh, thinking about the earthly things much easier. So we think less Uh, as our minds are renewed on the heavenly things uh, of those earthly things. And then finally, our minds can be renewed, and this is like the negative, in sin easily as we neglect filling our minds with God's word. Okay, So one of the easiest questions to ask your counselee when they slip back into sin is, tell me, what do your spiritual disciplines look like? And it's like, I haven't been doing them at all. I'm like, well, that's why it's so easy for you to have your mind to be renewed on other things. Okay, so really quick flyover, right, of renewing the mind. Uh, Now we're going to get specific with singing as renewing the mind. (laughs) Ha ha, yes, what we came here to learn. Okay, so you can camp out in Colossians. Colossians chapter three is we're going to spend the remainder of our time at this morning. And like I kind of mentioned, Colossians, I think maybe you asked me the date and the time it might change, but one of, one of my favorite books, okay, pretty close to my favorite book, that and the Psalms. So both of those things, really love them. But as we look at Colossians chapter three, I think Colossians chapter three gives us a very succinct, helpful outline of the whole process of change, right? So typically biblical counselors love Ephesians. And you should. Love Ephesians. It's a wonderful book. But if you look at Colossians, you have a really kind of pared down, streamed down, really quick run through of uh, the whole process of change. So verses 1 through 4, we just went through that, right, are renewing the mind. If you look at 5 through 11, that's the putting off of the old man. Don't do these things, these sinful things. And then as you go to verses 12 through 17, it's putting on the new man. Even ending, right, as by word or by deed, we do all in the name of Jesus Christ. But I skipped verse 16, which is, which is the one we've come here to learn today. Okay. So we are going to spend a little more time in, in verse 16. So this is what it says. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Okay, you can just pause, say law, meditate on that for a little bit. Okay, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Gracie, did I say it right? Gracie is my critic on saying thankful. I can't say it, guys. I, I don't know. Apparently I say it wrong. So now you can laugh at me too as I try to say it, okay? Um, okay, so we, this is verse 16 is is telling us the how, right? When we ask, like, how do we renew our minds? Okay, Andrew, you went over that, but but how do we do it? How do we teach other people to do it? We'll camp out in verse 16 because it's a ton of fun, okay? So number one, as we're looking at this, You don't have this in your notes. You have it in your notes, but not on the PowerPoint. I only have your blanks on the PowerPoint. All right, here we go. So number one, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Right? That's the point of verse 16. It's telling you, here it is. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. That's why I gave you the really cool purple highlighting right there. Okay? This is this is your imperative. This is the thing that Paul is trying to get across to you. And then he's going to tell you how to do it. So when we're renewing our minds, we're wanting the word to dwell in us richly. And we're like, okay, cool. Yes, I want to do that command. But I'm not sure how to do it. Okay? So this should come as no surprise as we looked at renewing the mind, right? That this idea of dwelling in us richly. But then he's going to tell us how to do it. And here are your blanks, right? He tells us, he says, to teach We're teaching, admonishing, and singing. This is how you are going to help someone renew their mind. And in fact, in the Greek, right, these are all participles that are connected to the imperative. So one's a verb, the other three are participles. And they're all saying, hey, look, we're connected here. We're We're all trying to help you understand this point. Teaching, admonishing, and singing, and a lot of people will say, "No, it's teaching, and singing's one of the ways we teach." Okay, we can we can spar over that later, right? Um, but but really, when you look at it, it is a participle, so you're gonna have to fight that. You're gonna you're gonna have to help me out with the Greek. I'm not you know I'm not a Greek scholar, but I can read it and I see the participle right there. So, anyways, okay. So teaching, admonishing, and singing. All right, well well let's kind of unpack. As we're thinking about this, what is teaching? Anybody, you can raise your hand. What is teaching? Instruction. Instruction. Good. Anyone want to add anything to that? Guidance. Guidance. What was that, sir? Giving knowledge knowledge and wisdom. Wonderful. I love it. Right? What? Applying? Applying? Applying. I think so. Yes, I I think that's going to be a part of understanding something that you would be able to apply. Good. Good. Good, yes. Imparting the skills and knowledge to a hearer, right? That's just a really easy, basic definition that I've given you. So obviously, as biblical counselors, we're doing a lot of teaching, right? Even if you're not a biblical counselor in here, and you just want to disciple someone, that's part of discipleship. You've got to teach them what the Word of God is saying. It's not how you feel about a verse. Is what does it say? How does this help us, right? So admonishing, ooh, we like this, right? Uh, We used to be called, um, ACBC used to be called what? Nank. Nank. And what did nank stand for? Okay, yes, yeah. But it had what word in it? Neuthetic. What's that word mean, right? That sounds fancy, right? Well, it's it's Greek. And it's how we say that Greek word, and it means admonish. Oh, okay. Admonishing, what does that mean? It means to warn or counsel. Ah, that's why we use that, and then it got scary. Now we're the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, right? And I, I'm, I'm a young whippersnapper, okay? Some of you guys were a part of Nank. Uh, I've only been a part of ACBC, so you guys can teach me and train me up later, okay? Um, and I appreciate you letting uh, a young whippersnapper like myself come up here and teach some some stuff, okay? So that is the admonishing, right? And singing—you don't have to be a rocket scientist, right? We understand what singing is. We just did it, okay? Using our words to praise God, okay? That's making—or you could just say like making noises with—I don't know your mouth. Anyways, right? Teaching, admonishing, singing are all coming from dwelling in you richly. So we understand we're imparting wisdom to a hearer. We understand that we're warning and counseling, which is why we're all here. And then we are to be singing. And man, do we love, 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 love teaching the word. And man, do we love, love, love counseling the word. But I don't know how much we're singing it with our counselee as we're trying to encourage them to renew their mind. Now, I am not asking you to set up a singing academy um, in your counseling session. No, sir, no, ma'am. Um, nor do I think you should start singing it, although I've been known sometimes to bust out into a little bit of song. But you will see that this can be such a helpful tool to you in the renewing of one's mind. All right, so let's let's keep going. So we see that teaching the word of God helps renew one's mind in scripture, helping them to discern the will of God. We see that admonishing helps warn them uh, from falling back into this idea of the futility of the mind. And then I think singing, so remember Colossians 3, helps us set our minds on the heavenly things where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Um, If you've ever counseled somebody struggling with pornography, one of the books that you've probably used is Finally Free. Anybody read that book or used that book? Yes, I see some hands, okay? If you haven't yet, pick yourself up a copy uh, in the bookstore. I'm sure they'll have it. Heath Lambert, the author of that book. But one of the things he says in his application is, teach them to sing because it's much harder to sin when you're singing, Okay. Now, I guess you could dissect that and say, well, maybe it's easier to sin if you're singing something simple, but I would say if you're singing a psalm, a hymn, or a spiritual song, I wonder how different that would be in that moment when the urge or desire of your heart is to sin. And you say, no, 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 I'm going to take this captive. I'm going to renew my mind in something helpful. Okay, so... My question to you is, are you giving your counselee all the tools that they need in order to have the word of Christ dwell in them richly? To have their minds renewed on the heavenly things. Okay, we're going to go to the other verse that talks about the same thing in Ephesians, okay? Do I have a reader? I'll give you a chance to participate again. No trophies from me, but I'll allow you to, to read if anybody is willing. Ah, Justin, one of my pupils... My, Anyways, I'll stop there. Go ahead, Justin. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Awesome. Thank you, Justin. Okay, so when we look at Ephesians... Um, and, and as it's, you know, Ephesians is kind of uh, the the mother uh, of Colossians. They're they're very similar, right? One's more filled out. One is the shorter version. Um, so Ephesians was okay. No, you're all good. I was like, oh no, it's me. Uh, so we'll pretend like it was me. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, but when we look at it, the imperatives are: do not be drunk and be filled with the Spirit. Okay, these are the imperatives that we're getting from this scripture. And sometimes we could hammer in on the don't be drunk, don't don't drink, right? And and, okay, like that's that can be helpful, but but don't take that out of the context that it's in the reality of being filled with the spirit. Because being drunk is being filled with something else instead of being filled with the spirit. Okay? But he's going to kind of unpack these implications of why. Right? He He's going to tell us, why are we not to be drunk, but to be filled with the Spirit? Well, because when we're drunk, we're focused on ourself. We're focused on our own pleasure, or maybe escaping from something that we don't want to think about anymore. So we're not able to think clearly. And we are more likely, and are in that moment, being conformed to the world. Okay? But, when we're focused on being filled with the Spirit... Paul, he's not trying to be mean. He wants to help you know how to do that. He's going to tell you, right, these four things. Address one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. You want to be filled with the Spirit? Sing to each other. Address one another. This is why corporate worship, right, when we come to corporate worship and we hear the Word of God, some people are like, it's only about the Word being preached and amen. Like, that's so important, but know that the Bible's like, actually, it's about a whole lot of other things too. This singing that's happening, you're actually doing the one another ministry to each other in corporate worship when you're singing good songs, okay? This is why it's important to sing good songs, um, not bad ones. Um, there there are wonderful hymnals. I could go on a whole, whole fun rabbit trail here. Uh, uh, at Grace Covenant Church, we use hymns of grace, that's a really helpful one i know here at uh grace bible church you guys use hymns of grace too um because i borrowed one uh not too long ago uh and um yeah there there are other really helpful ones um i think our i think our presbyterian brothers and sisters mm, they they've got it they they they've got really really good hymnals um anyways i'm done okay so we address each other with psalms hymns and spiritual songs also by singing oh look at this And making melody in our hearts to the Lord. What? Did you ever, like, focus on that when you're reading through this? Or you're like, okay, don't be drunk, be filled with the Spirit, right? Important, yes. I understand that that's important. But did you take time to sit here and go, wait, I'm supposed to make melody in my heart to the Lord? Huh. I wonder what that looks like in biblical counseling. As we bring the word of God to bear on people hey, cool, we're getting excited about this, or at least I am, and that's cool. So, we're going to give thanks to the Lord. No? Okay. Um, And then we're going to submit to one another out of reverence to the Lord, okay? So we're seeing how we're going to do this. This is an essential part of our minds being renewed by Christ is by singing and making melody in our hearts. As we sing, our mind is seeking and setting and meditating on the heavenly things. Okay, now... I think I've given you a decent biblical backing for why you should be doing this. This is kind of my apologetic. But now, this is where I like to get nerdy, okay? You're going to see my friend Athanasius up there. Get back, Athanasius. It's not your turn. Okay, we're going to go through historical applications of singing as renewing the mind. Ah, All right, so number one, we're going to see that God inspired and included what? The book of Psalms. What was the book of Psalms? Yeah. And who was it given to? Oh, I love it. This, this could, this could start a whole nother debate, right? But yes, it was given as the Psalter for Israel, right? And then are we using it now? You betcha. Amen, right? This is an inspired hymnal. It's inspired. It's God's word. It's there for you to sing. If you read the the Psalms, you'll say, or you'll see the imperatives again and again. Sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord. I think he's trying to make a point. Okay? So the Psalms were were created as the Psalter of Israel. The Psalms were actually used as a memorization method of biblical truths. So um, the Pharisees and others. Right? Or rabbis, they would use this for people to be able to hold on to God's word and memorize giant chunks of scripture at a time. They would be able to recall it because they could sing it, right? Or there would be melody here happening, right? That's why we see the superscript of all of our Psalms set to the tune of, right? Or whatever it might be because this as God created it, as my sister here and I were talking about beforehand, there is something special that happens as you sing. That God is able to work down deep into your heart his truths. Okay, So the Psalms include lyrics that reflect the depths of our souls. John Calvin says that the, the Psalms are the anatomy of the soul. Martin Luther, my favorite angry German, right? Um, Martin Luther says, outside of Scripture, right, music is God's greatest gift. And then he says, and the Psalms are like a tiny Bible, having all the truth we need in it, okay? So, historically, we see that the Psalms, right, are our are, are, are friend, and they were something that were sung, okay we're going to get to my buddy athanasius but to get to athanasius we got to talk about arius gasp who knows who arius is raise your hand david tell us who's arius he's a, he's a bad dude he's a bad dude why is he a bad dude <laughs> Mm, boom, right there. It's one of our our first creeds that we get, right? Is, is being held by Athanasius as Arius is promoting that Jesus Christ was created. Now, in your notes, I don't have a footnote here for you. So you're like, Andrew, you totally made this up. Uh, I went back and I found it, okay? So I have the footnote. If you need it, I will give it to you in, in the history of Christianity that I was looking through. But in Alexandria where Arius was teaching, okay, in Egypt, um, where he was teaching, it was said that the children on the streets were singing songs of Christ being created. What? Now, I don't want to follow Arius and his heresy, but I do want to say he was on to something. He was catechizing all these kids and adults, it said you could hear it uh, on, on the uh, docks. The dock workers were humming it, singing it. Um, I've heard it said it was like a jingle, like something you would hear on the radio, right? Um, like you can't get out of your head, like nationwide is on your side. All right? It's there. You're welcome. You're welcome. I gave you immortal, invisible. You better hang on to that one, okay? Now, but this is what Arius did. He taught people that truth by singing it. And it ruined them. It ruined them. They were singing it. So then our guy, Athanasius, comes along. Okay? He's our dude. And Athanasius, as he's teaching, okay, he has a wonderful, wonderful work. It's in your footnotes. Okay? It's... Let me see if I can find it. Uh, here it is. Not the life of Antony, but the letter to Marcellus. Okay? In that letter to Marcinellus is where we get this quote, but what he does is he gives you a play-by-play of how to apply psalms and sing them to help renew your mind. So here's a quote from him. But in the book of Psalms, the one who hears, in addition to learning these things, also comprehends and is taught in it the emotions of the soul, and consequently, on the basis of that, which affects him and by which he is constrained. He is also, here's the word, Enabled by this book to possess the image deriving from the words. Therefore, hearing, or through hearing, it teaches not only to disregard passion, but how also, or, but also how one must heal passion through speaking and acting. Man, Athanasius is really good. Okay. So next guy we're going to jump to. Okay. Uh, St. John of Chrysostom, can't say that, but this was guy was known as the golden mouth preacher, right? Boy, could this dude preach. And I'm not going to read this whole quote because we're going to run out of time, but I'm going to tell you in this same vein or in this, actually in this same sermon that he wrote, he tells and instructs his people to sing in the marketplace, so fascinating. Guys, did you see when he was alive? 347 to 417. And what is he giving as application to his people? When they are in the marketplace, being surrounded by the world, he is saying to tell them to what? Sing. Hmm. All right. So it seems like maybe maybe my man, we will just call him John, Uh, was picking up what I was laying down, or what the scripture is laying down, not me. And then my guy, Martin Luther, right? Um, Really good stuff from Martin Luther. Our plan is to follow the example of the prophets and the ancient fathers of the church, and to compose vernacular psalms for the people. That is, spiritual songs, so that the word of God may be among the people in the form of music. Now, did you know that in Luther's Wittenberg, right, as he's going out and he is talking to the people, do you know what Luther said about the people? Do you know what he said about these people that were all around him? Wasn't very nice. Actually, it wasn't actually mean, but in our common world we would think that he was talking trash on somebody, but he called the people ignorant. He said the people are ignorant of the word of God. We must teach them. Why? Because they were being taught in Latin. And nobody knows what that was, right? And so we know the the Reformation history. We know uh, the Gutenberg press. We know that he got the word out to the people. But some of the people couldn't even read. So how do we get the word to renew their minds? Oh, I know. We'll sing it. Big, big implications here. Okay? Not only that, but Luther also set his catechism to music so that those who knew nothing about God could know him and remember him due to singing. Anybody do catechisms in here with your kiddos? I saw one hand. Well done, sister. Anybody else? Okay, okay, yeah? Seeing a hand? Good. Guys, remember catechisms. They're so good. And, and there's so many resources to help you sing them. When my five-year-old girl, Charlotte Rose of Texas, okay, that's her name, um, she actually thinks her last name is Texas, it's wood, sweetheart. We have to remind her. Um, the Californians are going to love that when we go back. Um, so, but she, as she's playing with her toys, her dolls, or her connectiles, will start singing truths about the Trinity. Are you kidding me? At five years old, I was like beating, you know, I don't know, Legos together and yelling and I don't know, jumping off of trees. I don't know what I was doing. And my sweet little girl is talking about three persons and one God, right? Um, same in anyways, I I could start singing the whole thing with you right now, but I'll, I'll refrain. Okay. So historically, we see that music was used. (laughs) It was music and singing. We're used to renew the mind from some of our greatest heroes of the faith. Okay? Now, we're going to get into uh, some of this application here, but before we do, I'm going to tell you about God created music, obviously, to his glory. Psalm 100 tells us to make a joyful noise and come into his presence with singing. Man, if I want to renew my mind, I better start singing. God intentionally made music to stir our souls and our emotions. Now, anyone read uh, Brian Borgman's book on feelings and emotions? Wonderful book. Uh, Write that down. I was supposed to have a resource list. I'm the worst, okay? I'm just glad I got here on time. Um, But that's another one. I think it's feelings and faith or... Yeah, feelings of faith. You guys will Google it. You'll find it. Um, But he talks about this too. It's not that emotions are bad. It's when our emotions control us, right? That's when we know we're in trouble. But God isn't like, hey, uh, your emotions are bad and terrible. He gave them to us, right? So as we understand that, we can realize that singing will stir us up. It will get us excited. It will get us um, maybe feeling the weight of the glory of God, right? It can, it can stir all of those things. So we don't want to be manipulative here, but we want to know that a godly way to do that in a way that would glorify Him would be singing Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Cool beans. Okay. And we should realize that the power of singing and memorization in order to renew the mind. Okay. So I want to think about You got a blank quickly, but I I took it back. Okay, I want to think about how modern music is renewing the mind of your counselee. Okay? Music will renew your mind or singing, whether you are aware of it or not. All of you were driving here. Lots of you said, yes, I was listening to something on the way. Uh, If you work out, I'm going to take a stab that you put headphones in while you're running or lifting weights or... Sitting and watching other people run and lift weights, right? Whatever, whatever you're doing, you, you put in some headphones, and you're listening to something. Confession, usually me, it's techno. You guys are knowing all of my just <laughs> worst things about me, right? That 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 is something that helps you know get me running faster or whatever. But if I'm not careful that can have a huge impact on how I'm thinking for the rest of the day. During work, a lot of people will have music on in the background, doing chores, uh, right? When I'm doing the dishes at home, I usually have my headphones in and I'm listening to something because I don't like doing dishes. But music can help me, or maybe even during free time, okay? Now, listen to this. Not all music is bad, but music is certainly not neutral, Highlight that, underline that, star that. This is a hilarious book. At least the title is. There's another resource that I didn't give you, but here you go. You can write it down. Okay? Um, It's called, Why Can't Johnny Sing Hymns? Oh, so good. It's so good. And this is, I think his name is, oh, what's his name? David David Gordon. Thank you for reading that note. He says, music may be religious or profane. Sublime or mundane. Pious or, someone help me with that word. Pernicious. Pernicious, But music is not insignificant. Okay. So, here's your fill-in. Realize that the culture is catechizing your counselee. Okay? Culture, music, singing, all of these things are catechizing your counselee. And it has far more time in the ear of your counselee than you do. An old survey in 2019 with just music. Can you imagine if this survey did podcasts, YouTube, Vimeo, whatever, said that people listen to 26.9 hours a week of music. Just music. That's it. Guys, you're being catechized. You're people that you're trying to help minister Disciple, They're being catechized. Help them. Help them get away from this. Because how many hours do you have with a counselee? One? One and a half? Two if you're just mean, right? If they're like, oh no, I'm going back again. Two hours? So realize you don't have that much time a week, right? Oh, not yet. Not a 15-minute break. So here's the deal, okay? As we do singing and biblical counseling, here's what I want you to remember. I want you to gather data, right? This is simple. You're like, wait a minute, I know these methods. I heard this in track one. I want you to ask them, what music are they listening to? What podcasts are they listening to? What's their YouTube thingy-bopper look like? As you can tell, I'm not a big YouTuber, Although when something breaks, I do go there. Um, <laughs> right? So we want to ask them, and we want to understand, what are you renewing your mind in? Because they might come to church with a big old smile on their face. They might sing the hymns real loud. They might know all the answers to all the biblical things, and you are not seeing change in your life. And you're like, man, what is up? What, what is this person spending their time thinking about And then you realize there's this whole secret world that they've been lost in for hours as Jordan Peterson has discipled your people. I mean, that's just a name I'm throwing out there. Some of you are like, I listen to him, and I'm like, I'm not not saying that's bad. I'm just saying if that's your discipler, if that's your mentor, hold on. That's not a biblical worldview. And... And he would probably be on the best side of the pe- things that I want your people listening to. Right? There could be a whole world of other people that have the ear of your counselee. So you, you see my little snippy, uh, for all of you country singers out here, right? Are they greedy to practice any type of Impurity? Right, which is what we were reading in the renewal of the mind back in Ephesians, right? Well, maybe that's because they've been hearing about how they need to drive their pickup truck down a gravel road, drink some beer on the back with their girl in the car, and do bad things. I mean, if that's all you're listening to, and listen, I'm not just getting after country people. I listen to techno, right? My goodness, I am not holier than thou. That can lead you to some really wicked places. Before I was a pastor, I was a police officer, and I would go to raves, and they were listening to that music, right? And I did drug testing on them, and it was very clear that that's what they were doing so that they could listen to this music on a whole different level, man. So I realize that music, whether it be country, whether it's gangster rap, Justin, whether, um, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't. He's just, I love him, and he's sitting right in front of me, uh, so I can get after him. <laughs> what, whatever it may be, Ryan's just over there saying, thank you, Lord, he hasn't called on me yet, because uh, he's the other guy I would pick on for sure. I mean, he did come in late, so I didn't have the chance to do that. Um, okay, so anyways, um, you want to understand your counselee's sinful habits, Right? And what they're rooted in. And so as we are realizing their specific struggle, we always want to apply the Word of God to that struggle. So my uh, challenge to you then is that I want you to be like Athanasius. I want you to go to the Psalms. And I want you to say, oh man, this would this would really get here for you. This would be really helpful for you to sing this week. Sing this Psalm. EveryPsalm.com is your friend. Beautiful songs. They're actually coming out with a hymnal of all the psalms that they sang uh, to to be sung. Guys, buy it, right? If you don't have the money to buy the hymnal, tell your pastor, hey, I need to do this. Buy it for me. And if you're doing biblical counseling for them, he will be like, yes, and amen. And if not, tell him that Pastor Andrew did, and I'll be in California, so it won't matter. Um, But yeah, you want to have these the the ability to not just apply Scripture, which yes and amen, that's the most important thing, but then you want to do it in a way that will help them renew their mind. So assign them a psalm to sing or a hymn, I love hymns, or even a good spiritual song. But I, I feel like I have to really like put an asterisk there because when I listen to Christian radio, which is not often, those aren't the songs I'm talking about. So asterisk aside, right? We want to be applying the word and applying singing like that. Uh, uh, So, so assign them something to sing. Another thing that you can do is curate a playlist for them. I uh, have the, I still have time brother in the back. Okay, cool. I, I, I have had the opportunity to counsel a lot of young people, right? And music is very important to young people. Um, that that's something that is always going on. It's always in the background. It's always a part of what's helping them through the day. It speaks to them. They feel like artists can say things that they can't articulate. So here's a great idea. Give them an Amazon playlist or whatever form of something that they use, right? You guys know your canceling better than I do. Curate a list for them and say, hey, I want you, this week, instead of whatever you've been listening to, I want you to listen to this. okay? And then I want you to journal for me. Five things that stood out to you while you were listening to this. And then we'll talk about it next week. Or if you're mean like me, you turn it in 24 hours before our counseling session, and then I'll be able to talk to you about it. Right? However you do that. You do that, okay? So assign them that list so they're not listening to, if I were your counselee, 80s music, gangster rap, or techno, right? And then have them journal like I was just saying out loud. Okay, the other thing I want to do is give you an example of homework, okay? So I know these were kind of homework assignments, but this is something that I have used and I have seen great benefit, is that I will assign a hymn for them to sing when they wake up in the morning and right before they go to bed. And as I tell them to start singing this hymn, um, I'm going to, again, have them highlight five specific things from the hymn that were relating to the issue that we're in counseling for. Not just for funsies, right? I want this to be specific. I want it to be a good tool in the Redeemer's hands to help them. And then I'm going to have them journal the who, what, when, where, why, and how of whatever their struggle was and how this hymn could have helped them in that situation. Now, I have had the opportunity to do this with quite a bit of people. I'll tell you kind of two things that were helpful to them. One, and so if you listen to that podcast uh, with Keith Palmer, um, I I talked about this one. I had a dear brother who uh, spent a lot of time in a vehicle and uh, scripture memory, uh, he could do really well um, but the singing was, he told me, it was like kind of like this all-encompassing of his mind. Like he really got into it, right? Whereas <laughs> scripture memory is good, and it's awesome, and it, it, it may even be better than singing. At least for him, and this moment, it was like his whole mind was just consumed with singing. And so he would be singing as he was driving around, and he knew he would be in these situations that would cause him... Uh, maybe a desire to sin, and he had that song ringing loud in his ears. And it was really helpful for him. I had another young man that I was counseling who who would remember something very traumatic, uh, and he would want to go and then recall this, remember it, have it be like it was just right there in front of him. And so we did this same thing. And he told me it it was a little awkward singing out loud uh, in my room in the morning and at night. But it was so helpful for my soul to be reminded of these things. So friends, I'm not saying this is all you should do in homework. But I am saying this could be really helpful. So I hope uh, by the end of this hour, I was able to convince you of singing as renewal of the mind and singing in your homework. I think this could be of great help to you. Um, Please, you can email me uh, any questions that you'd like about this subject. Um, My email is andrew at uh, graceweatherford.com. Uh, I think it might be in here somewhere in your notes, I'm not sure, or uh, with the list that you're given. Uh, but you have any questions on this or good experiences, bad experiences with it? I want to hear them all as I'm trying to, to really help us use this well into the glory of God. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you that you have created songs. We praise you that it stirs up our souls and our and emotions to worship you. You tell us to come to you in song. Father, I pray that you would use this group of people around me. What, a, what an awesome sight to see men and women hungry to help to disciple people in the word of God. Would you use them as an army going out in the world to remind people to renew their mind? to remind them to renew their mind in the word and to remind them to renew their minds, their counselee's minds, their children's minds, everyone, their family, their friends, their neighbors in the word of God and with song. God, we need your help and we ask for it this morning. In Christ's name, amen.